Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. Cindy Riggs is an internationally renowned Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant. Cindy has been practicing professionally since 1997, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Hi, Cindy Riggs here, and I am with a colleague of mine, Jeffrey Jones. Welcome to the podcast, Jeffrey. Thank you. Honored to be here. Thanks for being with me. I wanted to talk today about spiritual pitfalls, and I know we all have experienced somebody <laughs> like this, and um, it's not just one personality type. It's like I've noticed over the years, being in this industry for 25 years almost, um, and, and Carolyn Mace talks about it too. She talks about the wounded healer. So when I talk about spirituality, a lot of people into spirituality are healers or in the healing arts like you are. Mm -hmm. You are a Reiki master, I holy am. fire Reiki master, in okay. fact, yeah. and a very talented healer, I must say. I have experienced your session. But there's this concept of a wounded healer where you can't be a good healer unless you've somehow been through trauma or you've somehow been through something very, very difficult. Now, pretty much this time in our life, in this time in history, we've all been through something traumatic, right? Agreed. By now, Agreed. at least I have. Um, but I wouldn't say debilitating, like not in a debilitating way, but I have met people, seen people throughout the years that sort of take on that aura. Have you experienced that? Well, sure. Have you? I mean, I think it is a daily struggle for folks who do what we do um, to balance the spiritual with the earthbound, the, the grounded, the, the base chakra, uh, things that we experience. Mm -hmm. because base chakra meaning the root chakra at the base of the spine. Correct. Mm -hmm. That we struggle to marry those two concepts together. You know, when you talk about that wounded healer, uh, something that comes to mind is the person who doesn't feel like they are and entitled is a, a very moldable word because you it can have a good connotation it can have a, a mm -hmm. not so great connotation mm -hmm. um, but sometimes people who are, are working in the spiritual world um, have a tough time putting themselves first and saying something along the lines of I deserve to because they feel that they have to you know be in that spiritual place which sometimes um, doesn't include money or things or right. that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and or their own physical care or self-care. That's right? a great point, absolutely, that they don't feel that they should make time for themselves, whether it is to exercise or to journal or to meditate, mm -hmm. um, that they should sacrifice that time uh, for the benefit of others or to have that... Um, that pious life where they are mm -hmm. always right. giving of themselves and making sure that, um, that they are not appearing, uh, maybe to the outer world as mm -hmm. if, you know, they're, they're what, using their, their spiritual work to, to gain monetarily or gain possessions, that kind of stuff. It, it is a fine balance to walk. Mm -hmm. um, it is. To, I know. <laughs> we both know. Absolutely. Don't so we? I, I think that's a struggle for folks sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think it is. And I think it's a kind of like a daily challenge to keep it balanced. I wouldn't say, okay, I've achieved balance now and now I'm done. It's daily. It's like all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's an evolution because I know the busier I get with clients, the more overwhelmed I can get at times. And I have to pull back a little bit and rebalance in a new way. 
kind of like a new normal as we've been hearing so much about. Well, and I appreciate you talking about that concept of balance. When you think about the hermetic principles, the hermetic principle of balance is not a static thing. Um, I tend to equate it to a pendulum swinging mm -hmm. and that, you know, sometimes you're in a place where you have those extremes where you're in that spiritual world and you're feeling like you need to sacrifice and sometimes you get a little more grounded in the physical world. Um, the way the hermetic principle to me um, explains that balance is it's not a static thing where you're trying to hold that pendulum in the middle. Because life is always moving. Life is right. energy. We're always know. moving. Correct. Mm -hmm. So it's it's that maintenance of balance of that pendulum swinging, not so much in an extreme place, but as much mm -hmm. into that middle space where you're able to have some flexibility to say, you know, it's okay to go get an ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. on the other side to say, you know what, I'm going to let that go for today and I'm going to allow somebody to benefit um, instead of me. Because it's, it's okay to do both. And I, I think sometimes when you talk about that wounded healer, we get more into the end of saying, I have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. to sacrifice. Right. If you're going to uphold the archetype of healer and your, your persona, because it is a persona, <clears throat> we're all like upholding a persona of some kind, um, then you feel like you have to be all in. Is it ego to be like all or nothing? I'm thinking it is. It's kind of like a dualistic way of thinking. What do you think about that? Well, as we've talked um, in prior conversations mm -hmm. before this, you know, the balance of listening to your soul, to your higher self, and then the ego, which, you know, sometimes we call that terrorist in our head who wants yeah, to You know, wants I got that from you. you. I got that from you. I love that, the and terrorist. It's, and, it's, and it's a fun concept um, from the standpoint of, a lot of times what that voice in our head does is, is points us towards things that makes us scared or mm -hmm. feel devalued within ourselves. Um, that it, It's selfish, but it's not selfish in the right direction. Right. It's, right. It's, it's an interesting thing to me to spend time allowing that terrorist in your head to interact with your soul and your higher self mm -hmm. because they do stand at odds. Much like talking about being in your crown chakra versus being in your base chakra mm -hmm. on a daily basis. I, I think it all kind of wraps around itself. Um, so when you ask the question, is that ego-driven, um, I think there are times where the ego does work against you because it's telling you you need to sacrifice, you need to let go, mm -hmm. you need to put something else before you in order to achieve that spirituality where your soul wants to give you what's in your highest and greatest good with harm to none. Right, with no fear. Correct. So when, Never anything. to me, when your ego is speaking, it, it stands in contradiction of that. Mm -hmm. And whether we recognize it consciously or subconsciously, I think that's that tug of war that being in this plane, being in this, in this worldly environment, that's the challenge. But I also believe that the soul wants that challenge because mm -hmm. it, does. it wants growth, you know? It does. So it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a, a question wrapped inside, an enigma wrapped inside a... It's, yeah, it's really an interesting and, concept. And I doubt that there's one answer. Um, but that whole sacrifice concept, I think of the hanged man card in the tarot. Yes. You know, and you and I both have the same tarot deck. Mm -hmm. So it's the sacrifice card mm -hmm. in our deck, the mm -hmm. John Paul and second tarot deck. Um, and that's interesting because she's not hanging upside down. Right. But she is sacrificing her energy and her time. Mm -hmm. And so... Our 
society says that that's something to be valued, the sacrifice and being a martyr and doing for others. And, um, you know, recently I think we've learned, at least in the past decade, when I first heard the concept of self-care, it's like, oh, we have to value ourselves. And, you know, ultimately, I have to go all quantum for a moment. We are source energy. And if we're not valuing our source, not valuing our soul, which is source energy, then we're saying, um, you're not, you're not worthy, God, of my time of, of myself. You know, like it's not valuing the gods that we are. And I'm not saying we're gods, but I am. You know, we are aspects of the creator. And so when we do not take care of ourselves or our bodies, our minds, our, our emotions, our spirits, then we're not serving God. You know, serving other people, sure, that's, that's a good thing. It is. And it's very fulfilling, as we both know. The interesting piece to me with that is knowing where that line is. And, yes. and uh, obviously a, a human earthbound concept is the idea of the plane cabin that depressurizes. Well, what do they, what do they tell you to do when those masks drop That's down? That's right. You first. You got to put that on first because you're not any good to anybody else right. if you're not taking care of yourself. And it's a simplistic and, and obviously a scary thing because nobody wants to be in a pressure of a depressurized cabin on an airplane. Well, but, no, no. But the concept of putting that mask on first is very hard, um, especially in roles where you are a parent right. or a caregiver to mm -hmm. an elderly parent or something. Mm -hmm. To say, I'm going to do that first, you, you instinctively, um, in your earth-grounded awareness, say, no, I'm going to help that other person first. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about here in terms of your energy and your soul and what your soul wants is to take that moment to put mm -hmm. that mask yeah, on right. and allow you to then be able to serve others. Um, I've also heard um, comparisons to uh, a cup and a saucer. You can't pour from an empty cup. Like when you feel it, you've got to have the ability to pour not only from the, the cup but to the saucer. Mm -hmm. um, that concept of being willing to allow yourself to have that energy, to have that willingness, to have that ability to say, I, I can come first. It, I think it is a struggle for, for people who do spiritual work because we feel that we're called to do for others. But mm -hmm. um, I think those who are really great at it um, are able to say, you know, it's okay for me to drive a dependable automobile that I like instead of sure. driving one that, that is... Oh, that's an excellent analogy because our bodies are like vehicles. Uh -huh. And so if you think you deserve a dependable car then why don't you deserve a dependable body mm -hmm. and energy fields, mm -hmm. body and energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And so that, that comes to the, you know, the, like the sort of like that victim mentality that comes with the sacrifice in that, oh, well, I can't have any money. I have to give it all away. I have to give everything away. Mm -hmm. um, and people that I know that don't charge enough for what they do, or people that think it's somehow like a virtue to be in poverty when you're trying to do healing work or spiritual work. I've even had clients who say, um, do you just take a donation for what you do? I'm doing this for my career. Do you expect your 
your employer to just decide what they're going to pay you. You know, (laughs) if you're working for someone, you would expect a certain amount per hour or your salary, whatever that's agreed upon. Um, It's interesting to interact with a variety of people just on that topic because mm -hmm. what we do has to allow us to sustain ourselves. Going back to putting the oxygen mask on yourself. Um, But you're right, there are people who have that perspective of um, you're doing this wonderful work. And I I think a lot of times they associate it with um, known religion structures in our our country. Mm -hmm. Churches Mm -hmm. usually do things for others on a um, a giving, donation, free type basis, which um, that mission work obviously is important to many people in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that tipping point of we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, and trying to help people on the other side of that tipping point is, again, going back to you're not putting the mask on yourself. You have, have let go of the idea of being mm-hmm. able to sustain yourself in order to continue to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying volunteer work as well. Oh, no, I get that. Absolutely. I mean, we all ought to try some volunteer something, you know, just to for our own, like, well-being. Sure. If, if our job is not fulfilling us in sure. a way, you know, that we really shouldn't own on it to do that. But still... Um, and kindness is not something that has to go into sacrificing beyond what is meaningful and reasonable for yourself as as somebody who works in the spiritual world Mm -hmm. Um, you know that word entitlement comes from a minute ago being entitled um, in that not so great way that people walk around saying I deserve, I deserve, I deserve you're able to say in a, a boundary-creating and meaningful way to say, I deserve to be able to live. Mm-hmm. I deserve to be able to, if I want to drive a certain type of car, and I'm not saying go out and buy uh, you know, Lamborghini or Ferrari, <laughs> but the bottom line is if you want to drive a dependable car, you should feel entitled to, to do that. Entitled to have that, sure. Yeah, and that's, right, and even probably you learned in Reiki, as I did, energy exchange. Yes. Money is energy. It is. And it ought to be the exchange for the service. What I've noticed throughout my career is when I just give something to someone, they do not value it the same way as if they would have paid for it. It's a concept of investment. That's right. Mm-hmm. That or energy exchange. It's the um, like perceived value mm-hmm. in our subconscious minds. Mm-hmm. That sort of takes us to the law of attraction, too, because what do we believe we deserve? One of my favorite things that I heard recently from when I was channeling a group of angels was they said, no spirit consciousness, remember, no spirit consciousness in all of the universe decides what you deserve. That's all in your mind. That's all your human conceptual stuff. Because we're taught in religion to think that if we pray for something, you know, God may give it to us if he believes we deserve it. And yet, that whole deserving concept is a human concept. All of the spiritual world just responds with supportive energy in whatever we're asking for. Perfect example to me is when we pray for somebody who is, let's say, in critical health. Right. And when that person passes, you know, we hurt for it. And somebody says, 
you know, why didn't you answer my prayer? Yeah, where was God? Yes. And <clears throat> it, that's hard because in our, our earthbound experience, we, we gain these attachments with others. Mm -hmm. And it's completely understandable that you would hurt mm -hmm. and feel that way sure. and, and maybe even lash out in that manner. But what we don't necessarily know is what that other soul's plan was. That's right. And to be able to say what I think should happen over what that individual's soul was saying in that manifestation of this particular time, place, and energy, um, I, I think sometimes that's tough to deal with. It is, but it's a judgment. It is a judgment. Because we think we, could, we could, should be able to figure it out mm -hmm. with our minds, and we can't. Mm -hmm. It's way too complicated. Um, yeah, there was something else I was thinking about that. Yes, every deceased person I've ever talked to, ever, said, oh, we all die at the moment we're meant to. That's when our number's up. You know, it doesn't matter how that happens. So if somebody is critically ill, if they weren't critically ill, that still would have been their day from some other means, an accident of some kind or et cetera. And so we have to let go of that judgment too. I would like to see who'd like to talk with us today. I think that would be fantastic. About that. And then you can ask some of these questions of the spirit. Let me see who. Actually, it's the Mother Mary who's here. Okay. That's not what I expected. Uh, it never is what I expect, which is fun about what I get to do. So I am beginning the merging process with um, the Mother Mary. And this is the Mother Mary known in Christianity. I've channeled her many times, even recently. And so, all the things we've been discussing, it will be interesting to see what she has to say. It won't take long to merge with her energy. Okay, so it's time for us to switch. I'm going to step out, and then Mary will be speaking to you. I am Mary, and I have been listening to your conversation, and I'm pleased to have the opportunity to speak in your language, in your space, your sacred space here. What question do you have for me first? Well, Mother Mary, thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to speak with you, um, given your experiences across uh, time. And I say that uh, spiritually, because obviously time is a, a concept. It is. <laughs> but it's an honor to speak to you, because we're talking today about spiritual pitfalls um, and yes. the merging of the physical world with the spiritual, striking a balance, and finding ways to maintain a um, sense of self with the sense of serving others. Do you have anything in general that you would say about striking that balance? I do. First of all, I want to mention that I come from the infinite, and yet I still have my own unique point of view of your reality, just as every spirit does. So I just wanted to say that first. Second thing is, I want you to realize that in your cellular memory as humans, you hold information or data from your ancestors. And many of your ancestors have been tortured, killed, punished for doing spiritual work. And there is still 
sort of an underlying fear in the collective here about that. So first, there is a fear of doing spiritual work. This leads to people mm, taking on more of the persona, as was mentioned, of sort of the, the sacrificial martyr type archetype when it comes to spiritual information, healing, this type of thing. Does that make sense? It does. And, and thinking about how those individuals would have hidden from others, from the judgment of others uh, for yes. wanting to practice that. Um, they, ha they physically hid themselves. They emotionally hid themselves. Their whole persona was hidden in the closet, as you would say. They, they kept themselves, some of them literally underground in certain countries. However, even saying that, I want to mention that that is not an excuse. That is just something to be aware of, that there is an underlying fear or anxiety about that. So you would say that through the DNA being passed through lineages over time, that that cellular memory has caused us sometimes to, because when you are doing things that would draw attention to you, whether it's having fancy clothes or having a fancy car or anything that would make people look at you, if you are a spiritual healer, that maybe that DNA has an influence mm. on what you do and giving you that, that spiritual idea of piousness of not doing that stuff. It does. It's a nano influence though. And what I want to say is it's more of a societal influence that just keeps being um, kept alive in the collective consciousness from ancient times or even from not so ancient times. So it is an influence. And yet I do not want people to think immediately, oh, I need to have my DNA healed now. Or I need to do some kind of karmic work. It, instantly some people will go to karma. There's some karma I have to fix or erase. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about influences just as planetary influences, star influences, um, water, air, earth, <laughs> fire. All of these things influence you. And yet you as an individual have always way more power than you realize to override or rise above any of that. I'm bringing it to the awareness that it's, it's in the collective. So a concept that, that in this plane we talk about in the spiritual circles is the law of attraction. Yes. How would you suggest um, that folks strike a balance with the law of attraction and find ways to um, to advocate for themselves and maybe not swing so far to the side of that piousness. Sure. First of all, they need to understand the law of attraction and how it truly works. It is not ask for something, focus on it, do affirmations, and then have an ounce of doubt within you. It is about eliminating all doubt. And that you can do with your free will. You must eliminate all doubt. You must truly understand the law of attraction. Play with it. 
play with manifesting little things here and there. So many people hear about the law of attraction and they think, well, it's got to be the right career or it's got to be the partner and the family or these big, huge, lofty goals rather than I want to see a grasshopper today or I would like to, to come across the number seven in three different places in my environment today. Little things. Little things help you build to the bigger things, but the bigger things, you see, are the problem. <clears throat> when people are focusing on the biggest possible goal, they are always limited in their thinking because your brain is so limited to know of all of the possibilities and then when the goal does not manifest, you think that the law of attraction doesn't work or you've done something wrong. And I don't know if I have veered off your topic or your question, but it is first important that people truly understand how the law of attraction works and how they must eliminate all doubt for it to work. Also, they must try... Mm, practicing with the smaller things to begin with. Most people do not know what the big thing really is or if there even needs to be a big thing. There's too much ego involved with the law of attraction is the problem. And so your original question. Well, you spoke to that balance piece um, and the law of attraction, but you also mentioned a really important concept, which is that allowance, that release of the outcome. Um, yes. and the hypersensitivity that people have to focusing on a very specific outcome instead of maybe what their soul or their higher self wants. What kind of advice would you give to help people find the ability to release the outcome, to uh, be open to all possibilities? Faith. Now, this is spoken of in many religions, particularly the religions that I am associated with. Faith but most do not understand what it means. They think they have to believe in something outside of them to grant their wish. Much like stories of old, of the Middle East, and the jinn, and the genies, you see. But it is true, blind faith that is your magic. And I can use the word magic because magic is real here. It is a very powerful thing that everyone is actually manifesting every day, whether they realize it or not. It has nothing to do with a certain type of spell or charm or whatever. Anyway. When that pure, so, maybe when faith. that, when that pure, um, when you're entering a parking lot and say, boy, I'd like to have a front row parking spot. Yes. And you let go of the, the idea of having one magically on there, isn't it? Even beyond, I would like to have, command it. This one says, thank you for saving me an open space. And she specifies the location. And there it is. So it is about commanding it. You need not ask pretty please anymore. Because that comes from doubt. There can, no, there can be no doubt. When you eliminate all doubt, then you are simply commanding it into being without being aggressive, but without any doubt. It's complete faith. That takes a great deal of practice for many. 
because as you were talking about spiritual work and pitfalls, many pitfalls include the practice of affirmations, clearing techniques, different prayers, different rituals in order to protect yourselves from all of this negative energy around you. And if you would only realize that it is all divine order, you wouldn't feel so unsafe all of the time. You wouldn't feel so much like the victim mentality of, oh, something bad could happen to me. Someone could hurt me. Someone could rob me. Someone could harm me in some way. Of course, harm comes to people every day, but it's still divine order. And so the pitfall I'm speaking of is if you are using these techniques and these prayers and these affirmations with doubt in your mind, of course they're not going to work. Is that helping to answer the question? It is. Am I answering the question? You are answering. Question. Other questions? But we, we benefit from your, your wisdom. Um, you know, of course. Right? Because you, you are also reading into the unasked questions that are within the concepts, mm -hmm. and we appreciate that. Mm -hmm. How would you advise our listeners to work with the concept of entitlement? Because entitlement has many meanings. Oh, does it? In this, in this realm. It has as many meanings as there are minds. <laughs> that is well said. So difficult to give you one answer. How to work with entitlement? How to find that balance? Because we keep coming back to that concept of striking a balance. Because um, people have a tough time with sacrificing themselves and being willing to advocate for themselves. Um, as you likely heard in our conversation previously, one of the concepts is to be riding on an air, riding an airplane. The willingness to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help others. How would you Even though many do not. <laughs> yes. When the time comes because there's panic and fear and people do not think rationally in panic, as you know. Yes. <laughs> so how do people find a way to strike that balance? Not a not a static balance. Strike the balance, yes. But a balance. So <clears throat> that balance is going to be different for each person. And each person is going to determine what they believe they deserve. But my advice would be, ask yourself, do I believe I deserve this because I truly feel that I do in my heart? Or do I believe I deserve it because it has anything to do with anyone else or anything in society or anything outside of me? Because that way you will determine if it is your soul's desire or determination or if it is your ego's. How is that for an answer? Makes a lot of sense. And then bringing everything into balance, you think of the five elements that comprise what you are. The earth, your body, the air, the fire, the water, all of these elements within you, and you the spirit. The spirit that is in the center of you, your soul. So all of those, if you created a pie chart, or if you think about a five-pointed star, all of those should be given equal time and energy. Now, it is not expected that this will be perfect every day. But think about, am I giving my body rest? 
Am I giving my mind rest? Am I giving my body and mind too much rest? Am I suppressing emotions or am I expressing them? Am I expressing my passion, my true passion? That is the fire element. Or am I sitting around being depressed because I can't figure out what that passion is? Am I meditating or doing anything in nature to try to fulfill my spirit? Or am I just watching television and avoiding all of those things? Or am I giving too much? Am I working 16-hour days every day and never giving myself rest? Now, some people have more energy than others. Some will be able to work more hours than others. And it is likely because they also give themselves the resting time. Like children, when they're very small, they take naps. But adults don't seem to do this in many countries, particularly this one. There are countries where there is a break time in the afternoon, still. And that is beneficial for all. Is this answering the question? I believe it is. Uh, we appreciate the idea of it is unique to each individual. It is. And if one believes they truly deserve the Lamborghini, <laughs> then there is nothing and no one that ought to be able to tell them they do not. If they are not working a job and have no income, that may be a pretty large disconnect, though, for that to manifest. You have to be reasonable with the third-dimensional resources that you have. So there are some who believe they, sh they ought to simply say a prayer and it ought to just be manifested right in front of them. And they keep, they keep praying and praying and where is it? And yet they are taking no action. So that's part of that balance answer, I believe. I, I think that will resonate with many. I do believe that. So spiritual pitfalls. <clears throat> the way I would define this topic is... What is the concept of spirituality in your society? And what is the concept of spirituality in your heart? Always follow the heart because that is closer to where your soul is anchored within you. Anytime you are following your mind, you are short-sighted. This is a term you have yes. because... The heart has far more access to information than the mind does. So, spiritual pitfalls. Has it been defined? Has it been? Has you, have your questions been answered or do you have others? I, I think we have plenty to contemplate at this point. I, I think that <laughs> you our, do. I, I, think, uh, I think we are on a path to finding out new things about ourselves with that information. And when you contemplate let go of doing that in the mind and contemplate in your core, in your heart, with your soul. Connect with your soul through meditation or journaling or whatever technique you've been given or whatever technique you practice. 
because that's where all of the true answers lie. That's where your truth is. And when you get to the point where you can allow your spiritual work to channel through you authentically into the world without any concern of judgment for others, then you are truly aligned. Thank you for allowing me into your space. It's been an honor. Thank you, Mary. Welcome Thank back. you, Jeffrey, for <laughs> asking her the questions. Yes, I'm still coming back. Um, I hope that was helpful for everyone. I believe it was. Okay, good. That will give some people things to meditate upon, it sounds like. I want to thank you for for joining me on the podcast today, Jeffrey. My pleasure, my hope honor. Can, hope we can do that again soon. I would love it. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channel books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.